You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. How many's ever been, uh, have you ever been angry? Whoa. I ask you again, have you ever been angry? Have you ever been angry with people? Wow, that got your attention, didn't it? (laughs) Have you ever been angry with God? Wow, shame on you, huh? Amen. Uh, Honestly speaking, uh, uh, I have been angry with people. I don't remember ever being angry with God. Uh, I'm not saying that makes me better than anyone else. Uh, If there was a time, I do not uh, remember. But the title is Angry with People and God. Suppose uh, if I ask, what is the book of Jonah about? Most people, I think the majority of people would say it's about a man who was swallowed up by a whale. And that is, uh, would, would be true if we knew that it was a whale, but that's not what the Bible says. And we'll see what the Bible says there in a moment. Um, but there's a whole lot more to the book of Jonah. And I just kind of got into this book this week, really um, reading an outline that I had, reading a book that I had, uh, looking in commentaries, looking in the back of my Bible. And uh, there is so much more that I just want to sit here this morning and teach a little bit. And I believe there is lessons from four chapters. Jonah is only four chapters. And I would encourage you to go home and read those. Uh, Stand with me as uh, we read the word of God out of reverence. If you're able to stand. And if you're not, that's fine. Um, In Jonah chapter 1 verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish. So where did we come up with the well, you know? Uh, Probably a good chance that it was a well, but the Bible says a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Father, I ask the Lord that that you open our hearts. And I pray, God, that you would teach us today. And I pray that we would have a desire to learn and have a desire that the Holy Spirit would touch and change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So really the well is not the, uh, the major matter in the book of Jonah uh, at all. This book is about a merciless man by the name of Jonah. And this book is about a merciful God. Again, this book is about a merciless man by the name of Jonah and also about a merciful God. So what we see in this book is God teaching Jonah, the merciless man, two lessons. Somebody say two lessons. The first lesson that God is teaching Jonah is one of obedience. 
And this morning I'm going to be reading a lot more scripture than normal, but bear with me and try to stay focused so we can all learn. So in Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. For their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish. Now listen, from the presence of the Lord. And he went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and he went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, God had called Jonah to be a prophet. A prophet is a man charged to deliver God's message. And God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, the capital of the Assyrian Empire. Nineveh was a very powerful, but also a wicked, wicked city. And Jonah grew up hating the Assyrians. And his hatred was so strong that he didn't want them to receive God's mercy. Can I tell you, Jonah was skating on thin ice right there. When you get to the place where you want the mercy of God on your life, but you don't want the mercy of God to be on somebody else's life. Jonah was actually afraid that they would repent. He was not afraid to go and preach there. He didn't want them to repent of their sins and receive the mercy of God. So Jonah refused to do what God called him to do and he has to learn the lesson of obedience. So Jonah's on a ship and he's headed the opposite direction. Have you ever been headed the opposite direction of where God wanted you to go in your life? Be honest with it. Is there anybody ever been headed in the opposite direction? And maybe you're there today, but by God's grace, you're in the right house. Do you hear me? So here's where we're going to read a lot. In Jonah chapter one, go with me. I hope you have your Bibles uh, to verse four, and I'm going to read through verse 17. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea. Now, let me back up. The devil didn't send the wind, but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. I don't know, maybe you're here this morning, and there's a storm in your life, and you feel like the ship is about to be broken. Well, pay close attention to what my God can do in your life. And then the mariners were afraid, and they cried every man unto his God. They didn't serve the only God, but they cried to their God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was going down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. Isn't it amazing that sometimes a, a troublemaker can sleep, but the person that he's causing trouble is awake. Anybody testify to that in the house of God? So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, what 
meanest thou? O sleeper, arise and call upon thy God. So if it be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said every one to his fellow, come and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell upon Jonah. And then said they unto him, tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation? And whence comest thou? What is thy country? And of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am the Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which has made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and they said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. And then said they unto him, What shall we do unto him that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was temperous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake, this great tempest is upon me. He said, I know that I'm the trouble here. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land. They didn't want to throw him over. These were pagan. These were heathens that didn't know our God. And they wanted to show this man mercy. Isn't it amazing? I heard a man say one time, gang members have more compassion for each other than church members. Think about that. That was powerful. So nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not for the sea wrought and was temptuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life. And they lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, has done as it pleased thee. So now listen. They took up Jonah, and they cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. And then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. I just caught you out of the corner of my eye. I invited her this week. She said, I'll be here, and you just bless my heart. Verse 17, now the Lord had prepared a great feast to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the feast there, three days and three nights. There's some very important, some very valuable lessons that we can learn. Jonah's disobedience to God endangered the lives of the other people on the ship. Your disobedience to God will endanger the lives of the people that you love the most. The people that are in your house these are valuable, valuable lessons. Our sin and our di disobedience not only can, but it will eventually hurt others that are around us. Be careful to be obedient to God, your Father. Here's a valuable lesson. You cannot seek God's love and run from him at the same time. It don't work that way. So what might you be running from this morning? If you, wanna, if you want more of God's love and God's power, you gotta be willing 
to take on the responsibilities that God gives you. When you put the title on that you are a Christian, it comes with responsibilities. Do you hear me? If you're going to be a parent, it comes with a responsibility. If you're going to work a job, it comes with a responsibility. So chapter two, let's go to chapter two. Can we do that? Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord, his God, of the fish, out of the fish's belly. Can you imagine? He's in this fish's belly. And he said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. And what the Lord dropped in my spirit right there, no matter what your affliction is, no matter what your storm is, no matter how difficult the situation and the circumstance seems to be, he's in the belly of a fish and he cries out to God and God hears him. So no matter where you have found yourself this week or this day or in your life, your situation is not out of the reach of God Almighty because in the bottom of the water, in the belly of a well, he cried out to God and my God heard him and answered his prayer. Has God ever reached down in your circumstance and touched you and picked you up and heard your prayer? You ought to give God a shout of praise. He said, I cried by reason out of my affliction unto the Lord and he heard me out of the belly of hell cried I and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, into the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. And then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again. You may feel like that you're out of the sight of God or out of the range of, uh, of him hearing your voice, but you need to look again. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, take another look said, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about even to the soul. The death closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountain. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from cor corruption. O Lord my God, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came unto thee into the holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Do you hear me? But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish and it vomited out Jonah upon dry land. Can you imagine? He's in the bottom in the belly of a well and he's in the bottom of the water and he's tossed about and it looks like there is it's no circumstance, but he looked one more time and he cried out to God and God heard his prayer and God spoke to a fish and the fish vomited him up on dry land. Let me tell you, his deliverance didn't look pretty. It didn't smell pretty, but by God's grace, it was beautiful. Do you hear me? And God can puke you right out of your storm into the promises of God. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he needs to quit talking about puke. I'm getting a little wheezy. Lesson, somebody say lesson. Jonah is a hard man. Jonah has a stony heart. Jonah is merciless. 
And he has to learn not only the lesson of obedience, but he has to learn the lesson of compassion. I want to talk a moment about imperfect servants. Imperfect. This is a story for all of us. No servant is perfect. None. No servant is perfect. There's one perfect, and his name is Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're not perfect. Look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, that means you too. If you look at me, I'll let you down. Do you hear me? I promise you. If you got your eyes on me, you will be let down. But there is one that will never let you down. Can anybody say amen to that? God's way is to choose, and not only to choose, but to use flawed people. Jonah was flawed. Jonah was a racist. He had a hostile attitude against any other nationality but his own. And I got to thinking about that. It's probably the way he was raised. The way we're raised, Darlene, follows us throughout our whole life oftentimes, whether it be right or whether it be wrong. When God says to Jonah in Jonah chapter one, verse two, he said, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. That's King James, but in some translation it said, and preach against it. Because its wickedness is come up before me. But then if you jump ahead in the story, and we'll jump ahead and then we'll go back to the beginning. In Jonah chapter one, chapter four, verse one, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was angry. Anybody in the house ever get angry? Huh? Anybody get radical angry? Both hands, both. That's what I thought. Mary Lucas, shame on you. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was angry. Why? Why did it displease him? Because when he delivered God's message, when he actually ended up going to Nineveh, Nineveh re repented. Jonah didn't want Nineveh to repent. Hard for me to comprehend. The heathen people of Nineveh believed Jonah's message and they repented, Indy. God responded in mercy by canceling his threatened punishment. God had said he was going to punish him, but God changed his mind. It's exactly what the Bible says. God forgave Nineveh just as he forgave Jonah. Unbelievable. And this is what we're told in Jonah chapter three, verse 10. And God saw Nineveh's works, that they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had, that God had said that he would do unto them. And he did it not. God is always ready to show compassion to anyone that will seek him. I'll say it again. God is always willing to show compassion to anyone that will seek him. Hebrews chapter, has God shown anyone any mercy in this house? Huh? 
Give God a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Thank you, God. Wow. How about forgiveness of each other? How merciful are you? Matthew 5 and 7, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed. So let's look at Jonah. Jonah. Let's look at Jonah chapter 4, verse 2. Jonah is praying this, and he prayed unto the Lord, and he said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying? When I was yet in my country, this is why he said that I fled to Tarshish, for I knew, God, he said, God, I knew when I was there before I ever went to Nineveh, this is why I left, because I knew that you are a gracious God and a merciful God, slow to anger and great with kindness and repented thee of the evil. Jonah is saying, I knew you used such powerful preaching to touch the hearts of people and they would repent and you would have compassion on them and you would forgive them and I didn't want them to receive your mercy. And then you forgive them. He said, and I did not want that to happen to Nineveh. That's why I didn't want to go to Nineveh. And that's why I didn't want to deliver your message. Listen, Jonah chapter four, verse three. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life for me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah had run from the job of delivering God's message of destruction to Nineveh. Now he wanted to die because Nineveh had been spared from destruction of God. How quickly Jonah forgot about the merciful hand of God when he was in the belly of the fish. How quick Jonah forgot that he needed spared, that he needed help, and he cried out to God. How quick, Rusty Hudson always says, how easily forgotten. Don't forget about the mercy of God when you were stranded. Don't forget about the mercy of God when you was in trouble. Some people go through a divorce and I've literally had them just tell me, I hope she dies. Can you imagine that? I hope she'll never have another day of peace or another day of happiness or I pray that my ex-husband falls flat on his face. Be very careful when you receive the mercy of God. He's forgiven me of much, do you hear me? My God, you better be careful and we're gonna learn some more here. Can you imagine that he had already forgotten about the hand of mercy and he's just dying, chomping at the bit. He wants that whole nation to die. My goodness, help us God. So he was happy when God saved him, but he was angry when God saved Nineveh. Aren't we happy when God crystal saves us? And we should be happy when God saves everyone. We're happy when God forgives us. Has anyone in the house ever just messed up, done something stupid? 
and God forgave you, can you, can you wave at me? Then how come we struggle forgiving others? Here's what Jesus said, not what I said. Mark chapter 11, verse 25. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, listen, I didn't say it, Jesus. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. That's pretty heavy stuff, Tim. Pretty heavy. Jonah is a proud man. Jonah is a bitter man. And at this moment, he's an angry man. And he's angry with God. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. I, I, am, am I preaching at any Jonas in the house? Someone that maybe is proud, somebody that is stiff, somebody who doesn't bend, that has no love for the needy. Not merciful, but angry. I was kind of curious about that word clamor. That word clamor means an outcry or noise. And I, I couldn't believe when I read it, it said noise. In God's ear, that's just a bunch of noise. Nonsense. I thought about that word malice. It's the desire to harm others. Jonah had a desire to harm others. Isn't that amazing? Have you ever been in a place that you wanted to harm other people? I have. I have. But oftentimes we think about, you know, this way. But we can harm other people with our tongue. And you know what it is for God? It's noise. Noise. So now let's go back to the beginning of the story. And we know what Jonah did. God said, go to Nineveh, which was due east from Jerusalem. And he went to Tarshish, which was west. In Jonah 1 and 3, he ran away from the Lord. That's what the NIV says. He ran away from the Lord. You can't outrun God. Do you hear me? You can't outrun him. You might just want to surrender. The Hebrew says that he went out from God's presence. Why would you want to be out from God's presence? God, help me to never be out from your presence. Can someone say amen? And God's presence is not a geographic, it's not a place on the map. God's presence is our relationship with God. Running away from the blessing of God. I see people, Jimmy, I see people running from the blessings of God and I don't understand it, you know. I was going across the bridge this week, uh, one day down here, and there was two young men that looked like they was in their 20s, and, and, and you know, I, if I'm just judging a tree by its fruits, it looked like they were both on, doing drugs, on drugs. They were just pitiful, skinny, and they were in their 20s, and both of them had their shirts off, and their truck had broke down, and they were fighting each other. And, and then the one I'm watching in my rearview mirror, he starts to walk away, and I'm like, God, how can you help these people? So many people, John, running from the presence of God, not only at the drug house, but in the church house. 
running from the presence of God. When you run from the presence of God, you are running from the blessings of God because all of my life, he has been faithful. All of my life, God has been faithful. Has God been faithful? I was standing in my office this morning looking out the window and I had some uh, thoughts on my mind. It's been there a few days and, and I could hear the band in here and they were singing all my life. You've been faithful, God. And I just lift my hand because I can tell you I'm 62 years old uh, and 40 years ago this month, uh, I humbled myself and gave my life to Jesus and all of my life in the last 40 years uh, and in the years before, God has always been faithful and God is still God and God is still on the throne and God is still in control and my God is still faithful. Has God been faithful to anybody else? You ought to give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Woo! Running away from the blessings of God. And look what happened in Jonah chapter one, verse four. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. In the midst of a terrible storm, Jonah tells them all on the ship, I'm the problem. Have you ever said that? Have you ever met somebody that it's always somebody else's fault? Always? Huh? Oh, why are you looking at Crystal? <laughs> Crystal, she was looking at you. I've seen it too. Listen to me, I try to make it light. But it's not always somebody else's fault. And some of the best advice that I could give is when it's yours, own it. Everybody look straight ahead, all right? <laughs> he said, I'm the problem. Wow. I've, I've had to say that before many times. In Jonah chapter six, excuse me, in Jonah chapter one, there's only four chapters. And he said unto them, take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake, this great tempest is upon you. He said, I know I'm at fault here. So let's, let's all learn. We can't get by with refusing to do God's word, God's will in our lives. So we find God is a merciful God. In Jonah 1.15, so they took up Jonah and they cast him forth into the sea and the sea ceased. In verse 16, then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. This is Old Testament way of saying they were converted through the work of the Holy Spirit. God touched these pagan men, these men that did not know God through the obedience. Do you hear me? Stand with me this morning and can you remain standing for about five minutes? I get nervous sometimes and I'll have you stand. I'm being honest. What do we find right here? Stay with me, please. We find mercy from God to a pagan crew. So now let's look at Nineveh and again we'll find God's mercy 
In Jonah chapter three, verse four, and Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey and he cried and he said, yet, for, he's preaching, he's going into the city, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's what he says. He never mentioned the possibility of mercy. But God moved in their hearts. And I'll stand here today and tell you destruction will come your way if you continue to run from God. But God is a merciful God. And God will move upon your hearts today and change your destiny. Can someone say amen? In Jonah chapter 3 verse 5 through 10, you read it, there was a grand revival, man. It just broke out and from the top to the bottom, people were repenting. So here again, God is merciful. Jonah, wanting Assyria destroyed, was disgusted. How could you be disgusted? Lesson, we should never want others destroyed. Never, never. Ephesians chapter four, verse 32 said, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Man, God has forgiven me, Bob, of mutts. Amen? I'm telling you. However, listen to me, by live stream, TV, in this auditory sanctuary, however you've been treated, it don't matter how bad you've been hurt, how bad you've been disrespected. Stop and remember that God made the individual that's hurt you. And just as much as God loves you, he loves that individual. Wow. God loves them also. And here's the thing. Lynn, you've hurt people. Have you hurt people? No. <laughs> Am I talking to Bruce? You can't outsmart a smart aleck. We've all hurt people in our actions, in our words. We've all done it. We've all been guilty. But God loves us and he loves them. And we've all been hurt by others, Aaron. Luke chapter 6, verse 27 and 28. But I say unto you, which here love your enemies. Do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you and pray for them that despitefully use you. The Lord Jesus on the cross and he was praying and here's what he said. Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. Jonah chapter four, verse four tells us how God replied to Jonah. He said in verse four, have you any right to be angry? So I ask you this day, if you're angry about anything, do you have any right to be angry? What is going on right here, Scotty? God is rebuking Jonah. God's rebuking him. What does Jonah do? Listen to Jonah chapter four, verse five. So Jonah went out of the city and he sat on the east side of the city and there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. Listen to this. And the Lord God prepared a gourd. Some commentary said a small, a, a large vine, a plant. 
Listen, and the Lord God prepared a gourd and he made it to come up over Jonah that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. He's sitting there and he's miserable and he's full of anger and he's pouting. I hope that don't identify to anybody in the house. So Jonah was exceedingly glad of the gourd, but God prepared a worm. When the morning rose the next day, and it smote the gourd that it withered. Oh my goodness. God ministered tenderly to Jonah just as he did to Nineveh and to Israel and just as he did and does for us. Jonah was angry at the death of a gourd, a plant, but not over what would happen to Nineveh. Think about it. Those who have a fretful Uneasy spirit will often make trouble for yourself. I'll say it again. Those with an uneasy spirit, always pouting, you will cause trouble for yourself. My goodness. Jonah goes outside of the city and he makes him a self-shelter. One of the commentaries said kind of like a lean-to shack. And he sits in the shade and he waits and he watches despite the revival, despite the repentance, despite the mercy of God. He's sitting watching, hoping that Nineveh will be destroyed. Unbelievable. God produced a worm, a worm, which chewed the vine down to the root it withered. A small worm at the root destroys a large gourd or plant. What's the root? What's the worm in your life? Whew. Something small can chew down something great. Do you hear me? One soul is worth more value then all the plants and the gourds, oh, it gets better. He sits there, verse eight, and it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah. God is making Jonah miserable. That's what he's doing. I've been there. <laughs> I've been disobedient and God will make us miserable and I'm thankful that he does. Huh? That he fainted and wished himself to die and said it is better for me to die than to live. I noticed something here. Three things. God prepared the plant, God prepared the worm, and God prepared the wind. God. Jonah had nothing to do with any of that. Then God's word came to him in a way that it couldn't be denied. In Jonah chapter four, verse nine, and God said to Jonah, doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? He said, you're angry because the gourd died? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. Wow. Then God said in verse 10, then the Lord said, thou hast had pity on the gourd, Jonah, for the which thou had not labored, you was concerned, you had mercy on the gourd, you had nothing to do with it, you didn't grow it, neither 
madest it to grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night, and I should not spare Nineveh. Jonah, what is wrong with you? Jonah, you're upset because the plant died, but you're not upset because a whole nationality of people will die. And should I not spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand and also much cattle? God says, Jonah, there's a half a million people in that city. There's a half a million people in that city plus 120,000 children and multitudes of cattle and you are angry because you didn't get your way. You're angry, you're pouting because you wanted people to be destroyed. God made those people and God made the person standing beside of you. And God made the person that has hurt you and God has made the person that has disappointed you and God loves them and he loves us. And we need to be concerned about their soul. Can somebody say amen? amen? Listen to me. The vine, the gourd, he said, it's not yours. But you was concerned. God says, it's my vine. That person has hurt me. It's God that created them. And my place is to pray for them. God says, it's my vine. God's saying, don't you think I'm right? Jonah, by sparing Nineveh, showing mercy to the people of Nineveh, I think if we would all get to the place that we could just instantly in our mind go back and remember when God was merciful to us. Huh? Wow, Scotty, I just looked down at you and everything's all about this. I remember the first time you came to our church, huh? Holy smokes, I didn't know what planet he was from. Huh? <laughs> I'm serious. But the mercy of God, Scotty, has touched you, man. Huh? God is saying, Nineveh has left its sin. He says, Jonah, shouldn't I be glad? Wow. God taught Jonah two lessons, obedience and compassion. So really the message in Jonah was not about the fish. Obedience and compassion and you can't go wrong. So I pray that each one of us would learn to be glad that our God and that Jonah's God is a merciful God and we would show mercy to others. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Nobody looking around, just take a moment. I'd like for you to take a moment and just thank God for all the times that God has showed you mercy. <laughs> Seriously, could you do that? Just take a moment and thank him for all the times that we've all fallen short in sin and God showed us mercy, mercy. Before I go any further, I wanna to speak to live stream. If you're watching a live stream and you've never given your life to Christ, and you've never prayed and you never asked Jesus, to forgive you of your sins, I want you to know that we're concerned about you and we're praying for you. And it's very simple. It, the cost was not simple. It cost Jesus everything. But for you and I, 
It's just being obedient. And acknowledge that we've sinned and fallen short if you'll do that in your home. And pray with a heart that is repenting, and that is sorrowful for your past mistakes. And when you ask God to forgive you, and all you do, say, God, from the bottom of my heart, today I ask you to forgive me of my sins and my shortcomings in life. And from this day forward, I'll live my life for you. Friend, if you prayed that, I want to welcome you to the family of God, but also, please don't be ashamed. Tell somebody, call somebody. But as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, for the Christians today, the believers, if God has been merciful to you and you need some help being merciful to others, would you slip your hand up high? Slip your hand up high. God sees us. God sees us hands. God sees us hands. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I don't know your walk with the God, with the God that I'm preaching about, excuse me. I don't know where your heart stands with the Lord. But every one of us. We have to answer. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Why would you put it off till tomorrow? If you're here this morning and I'm not going to come to you, I'm not going to drag you down here. But if you've not prayed and asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, if you can't honestly say that if I die this very moment that heaven will be my home, then friend, today, I would invite you to give your life to Jesus because he loves you and he'll show you mercy. Is there one right where you're at would say today, pastor, would you lift your hand up high? Would you lift your hand up and say today, right here where I'm at, I wanna give my life to Christ. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? I wanna tarry a moment. If the Lord is speaking to your heart, don't put it off till tomorrow. Don't put it off till later today. Ask Jesus into your life. Would you slip your hand up? Is there one? Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 